Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Right here is the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Belfour. What's happening? Good to see you. Yeah, totally. How are things? How's the liquor company going? Oh, staying busy, that's for sure. Yeah, good. Lots of booze. Good. I'm doing my best to drink as much as possible for you. So, right. Well, thank you. <laughs> this is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Hey, Tom, today's a special show. We got a Hall of Famer, a legend. An outstanding goalie, a Stanley Cup winner, an NCAA championship winner. We have Eddie, the Eagle, Bell Four. What's up there, brother? How are you? Uh, doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me on today. My pleasure. We've never met before until we played the alumni game, uh, charity game, uh, down in Dallas, and Ed was there. So that was a good day. That was a fun time. We got a great alumni room there, too, right? Yeah, yeah. The Dallas Stars done a great job of putting together the alumni, and Bobby Basson does a great job. Yeah. Uh, and I... I hated playing against him, that tiny little guy. He was hard, man. He would not back down from anybody. Oh, oh, I know. I, I think one of the toughest guys for sure, powerful. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yes, absolutely. Where'd you grow up, Ed? Where's home? Carmen, Manitoba. That's right, Manitoba boy, yeah. And then you went to North Dakota, right? Yeah, yeah. 86, 87, the, the Fighting Sioux. We won the NCAA that year, 40 wins, 8 losses. So very proud. Um, yeah. Spread with all those boys. Uh, every week we talk to each other. Oh, very cool. Who were some of the guys on that team? Uh, Tony Herkus, Bob Joyce, Ian Kidd, uh, Steve Johnson, uh, Scott Dubes, Scott Kobritsky. I mean, we had, we had, yeah, we yeah. So my senior year, I went to North Michigan. So my senior year, we were ranked. Uh, well, North Dakota was ranked number one the first half of the year. They came into Marquette, Michigan. Uh, we beat them both games that we were ranked number one in the country. But it was they didn't win in the championship game. We lost their final game. They had a good team, man. They were hard guys, like a pro team. Eddie had a pretty good college year there, Tom. He was uh, 29 and four that season. Oh, is that right? Eh? Wow. Yeah, I was a 21 year old freshman, so a little bit older, you know, more experienced. I played three years tier two in the MJHL with the Winfrey Flyers. Uh, did you get recruited a lot by other colleges? No, actually, it was just uh, Wisconsin. Uh, they were interested the year before, and then um, a couple of uh, division you know, two schools that didn't pan out or anything. I, I wanted to play for the suit and, uh, oh. me to wait a little bit. So, you know, it worked out great. I was oh. waited and, um, uh, got to play 
you know, some really good hockey back then in Manitoba. We had a good league and um, I played most of the games and went out of province uh, with the Winnipeg South Blues. Winkler didn't make the finals, but uh, I was picked up and got to play out of province and play the Western finals and great experience for me. And uh, going to the, the Sioux was a dream come true for me at that time. Uh, so that's a good lesson for kids too, right? That there's no really hurry to get there, especially like you're a college player. You're going to play at a high level. You get to develop physically and mentally more too. So it's a good lesson. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I was hoping to get drafted when I was 18, like most of us were, and we'd love, you know, love the game, you know, to, to the core, obviously. And, uh, didn't happen. I remember sitting in front of the TV and watching the draft. <laughs> uh, did you think you were going to get drafted? No, I don't think I, I mean, maybe a very late round possibly. Right. You know, at that time, I hadn't played, you know, that much junior hockey and, uh, you know, very overlooked in the MJ back then. And I, I didn't grow up playing triple eight midget hockey or anything like that either. Right. And you were always a goaltender when you started? No, I started out as a forward, actually. Uh, played forward till I was about 12 years old. Uh, oh, okay. Played defense once in a while. <clears throat> so did Tom once in a while. But, um. Got to be about that age and uh, started getting into fights and getting a lot of penalty problems. And I think the coaches were uh, thinking they wanted to, you know, try me at defense first. They they tried me there, and then uh, I was still getting in a lot of trouble defending the net. <laughs> and uh, wow. um, there was two other fellows that I played with. Um, they were the goalies. And they decided that they wanted to maybe try and play forward a bit. So the coaches were like, this is a perfect opportunity to put Ed in goal. <laughs> so so you wouldn't fight anymore? They put you in goal? Yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me, right? Yeah. But you still had that, that snap ability, though, though. You still got in fights when you're in the NHL play goal. I don't remember getting any real fights, but I started a lot of fights. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. That's fair. And Ed burst on the scene with a with an incredible rookie season. He won the Calder, the Vesna, had forty three wins, and all while playing for your buddy uh, Iron Mike Keenan. Oh, that's right too. Yeah. How many times did he yank you out of the net? Yeah, a lot. But <laughs> hey, you know what? I respected Mike. Um, you know, to this day, we're really friends, and I'm so thankful that he gave me the opportunity to uh, you know play that many games and gave me my start in in Chicago. And you know, always in debt. For and, and you never drafted, correct? No. Wow. So you come in. So at that point, did you think you could play in the NHL? Yeah, when I signed, uh, you know, with Blackhawks after we won uh, the NCAA there with the Sioux, you know, my goal was always to play in the NHL and and win a Stanley Cup. Ever since I was a little boy, that's my dream. And um, you know, I played a lot of other sports, and um, I was really fit. I uh, was a good athlete. Um, very, very competitive my whole life ever since I was a little kid. The first time I put skates on, and I was just, you know, I had it, you know, heart and soul and, and just do whatever it took to win. I, you know, I didn't, yeah. or defense or goal, I'm going to do whatever it took. Oh, I know. I remember playing against you. You were one of those guys who like, oh God, he's going to snap out here. Someday. It was, it was good for you because everybody was much more awake. Uh, you know, we had to be aware. Uh, and you and uh, Ron Hextall were like that too. It's like, oh God. Yeah. You were intense. You were intense that edge i believe and i think that's all the the top players you got to have that, yeah. that edge and that little bit of you know grit and 
you know, guys don't know what you're really going to do. And, you know, even on your own team and practices, you know, I remember guys were like, you know, a little bit nervous around me sometimes. So I've, I've heard some stories. Yes. I've heard some stories, <laughs> but it served you well. Right. So how many years did you play college? Just one. Oh, yeah. okay. At a 21 year old freshman and uh, undrafted. So I had six different teams that want to sign me after we won oh. um, there in, in Detroit, uh, playing against Michigan State. So yeah. it was huge for me and um, uh, my favorite team, the Blackhawks. Uh, John Marks was one of my assistant coaches. Uh, okay. You know, and he was a first round draft pick with Blackhawks. And him and I were great friends. We still are. He's like a big brother to me, a mentor. He's like, Ed, you know, uh, Bob Pulford, you know, he's uh, been asking a little bit about you here and there. I'm like, oh, geez, you know, Marcy, that's my favorite team, you know. And whatever you can do uh, to help me, you know, get on with the Blackhawks, I would sure appreciate it. So uh, so that's why you picked them because your favorite team. You didn't look at the goalies ahead of you or anything like that. It's just that was your favorite team. That's it. That was my favorite team. That's where I wanted to be. And I didn't care who was. Yeah. So you had the attitude that it didn't matter who was there. I'm going to beat him anyways. And I'm going to be the goal. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. And Tom, like I said, Ed had that monster year. Keenan played him in 74 games. But you know who his backup was that year? No. Just some goalie named Dominic Hasek. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Goalies there. Uh, I think I remember 15 goalies my first year in training camp. Uh, Jimmy Waite. He was our uh, first round draft pick. So, you know, young kid out of the queue. Uh, I think he was drafted eighth overall maybe and he had a great training camp he was the uh first star of training camp remember they gave him that award and i was just pissed off and just, oh yeah oh yeah yeah I, I didn't play that well in the camp so i was like you know what i gotta be better they sent me to the minors i friggin hated it but uh it was the best thing for me to play three years in the minors right wow that's pretty cool to have that attitude most guys if they get their free agent they're gonna look at the lineup and say well i'm gonna play Right, you try to look at the lineup that best suit suits you playing in the league, but you had the attitude. I don't care. That's my favorite team. I'm going to play. That's it. That's cool. Very cool. So you had three years in the minors. Yeah, yeah. The brush up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first two years, then they moved the club from uh, Saginaw to Indianapolis, and um, they asked me, Keenan says you're going to go back to the minors again on the third year. I was, you know, devastated. I want to be with a big club, and he's like, Well, you got. A choice of going to play for uh, um, Indianapolis, which where they moved the team to, or you could go play for Team Canada, um, the Canadian Development Program in, in out of Calgary with Dave King. And I was just just like I always want to play for Team Canada. I never had the opportunity before. I'm like, you know what? I want I want to go to Calgary and play for Team Canada, and you know, get a chance to see you know some of the world and. We went on those, uh, you know, eight week road trips, you know, across Europe and sure at the time it wasn't so much fun. I'll be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave King's, uh, 7 AM practices weren't no fun either. So that's that right. Oh, wow. And you know, looking back on it, it was a great experience and, you know, playing for Dave King was a great experience. Learned a lot. Uh, Guy Chiron was assistant coach and, you know, those guys were awesome and, uh, you know, I learned a lot from them guys, and uh, my goalie partner was Warren Skordansky. He was all Chicago uh, goalie. Yeah, learned a lot from Warren, and uh, you know, it was it was a great time. It really was. Yeah, where'd you go in Europe? 
Uh, Moscow was very interesting. Never been to Russia. And, and that was at a time which was, um, you know, still uh, the Iron Curtain. And, you know, you had all the military guys with, you know, rifles everywhere. And a uh, lot of pollution I noticed back then because all the trucks were diesel trucks. And um, the mark were very interesting. Um, they were out in the middle of the street and there was meat hanging yeah. and, and it was, it was like something, you know, you watch in the movies. It was, uh, very, very, very eye-opening and, um, you know, playing there was, was really interesting. Um, the fans, they, they wanted, they wanted a game, you know, they wanted a really tight, right. close game and we just were not that level that red army team that we played against those guys have been playing together all their lives yeah I, yeah i think we lost eight nothing i don't think we touched the puck hardly any of the game yeah yeah and I'm bench and i was thinking to myself you know usually i want to be out there and chomping at the bit to be in in the net and like at that point i was thinking maybe this might not be a good <laughs> the fans started to throw stuff on the ice and and they don't boo there. They 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 whistle really, yeah, yeah. really loud when when they're pissed off. Right. And not not the they don't like the game. So so that was interesting. Um, Prague, Czechoslovakia was just beautiful. Loved it. Davos, Switzerland, uh, the Spangler Cup. Just loved it. Uh, we were there over uh, New Year's and uh, ran into one of my teachers uh, from back home in Carmen, Bob Leslie. Oh. And uh, he he was uh, over there coaching for for the longest time. I think he's still actually over there. Help. Is it is it Bo Leslie's father? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know Bo. Yeah, oh, go. Yeah. So, um, that was really cool to run into, run into Bob. And um, but what a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah. So, quite a few different places we traveled to over there, and uh, you know, did a, a bunch of tours across Canada, playing against different Russian teams. Um, and they were always just, you know, really difficult to play against. Right. Um, I remember, um, we were on a tour across, uh, Eastern Canada and, uh, one of the coaches comes in, he goes, Hey Ed, you know, who's in the stands tonight to watch the game is Vladislav Trechak. Oh, and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like that was one of my favorite, sure. Favorite. And he was, he was with Chicago at the time, right? No, he wasn't oh. yet. So yeah. This was my third year in the minors, and uh, we were playing these Russian teams, and they were just kicking our butts all the time. And you know, so skilled. And uh, coach comes in, says, "Vladislav Trechak's out there," and I'm like, "I gotta play my best. Do you know, I gotta put on a clinic for for Vladdy, right? And just show how good I am." And uh, ended up going out there and stoning it, and we won two one. And I think we got outshot like it was forty five to like fifteen or so. Oh, wow. wow. I just, you know, put on a, a clinic and Trechak came into our locker room after the game. Wow. And came in there and he's just, he's a massive, massive person. And, and right. he comes walking right up to me and he's got these big, big hands. And he, he's like, shakes my hand. Good game. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and then just turns around, walks out of the room. And I was just in awe and I uh. You know, so happy and, and 
it was about three or four days after that game, I got called up to Chicago. And this would have been two weeks before the playoffs started. Wow. And um, I got a brand new set of pads the day before I get called up. And, and they're a brand new set of Brian's. And um, I put them on in, in practice. And I was like, wow, these feel really good. And, and, you know, for us goalies, you know, when, when you get a new set of pads, you put them on for the first time and, and you're just feeling like comfortable right away. They're not stiff and, and they just, you know, allow you to move and just, I was stopping everything in practice. And, uh, so I go to Chicago, get out of the ice with the boys and, you know, I just start stopping everything in practice. I'm like, holy shit, these are magic pads. <laughs> and all the magic pads to this day oh do you really oh yeah so there i am practicing and i'm you know my confidence is is you know building and building you know ever since that game that trechak watched me play good things start happening and i got those magic pads on and there i am sitting on the bench in the first round of the playoffs and i'm with the chicago blackhawks i mean what may moment for for me as a kid you know that was my dream and i'm sitting there and we're playing the minnesota north stars first round and we're down three games to one uh in the first round and i'm on the bench hadn't played a game you know just supporting and backing up and um we're down three nothing at the end of the first period and keenan comes over at the end of the period and kicks me in the ribs you're in kid next next period you better get ready and I'm just like, oh my gosh. So, you know, you got the adrenaline. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go downstairs, start getting mentally, you know, psyched up. Went out and just put on a clinic. We came back to the game. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, series now 3-2. He plays me, starts me the next game. And who was the other goalie? Uh, it was Greg Miller. Oh, okay. And so, go out there and we win. Uh, I play great again we win the next game tie the series up 3-3 three, three. Wow. and uh he doesn't play me game seven though oh you know i was kind of you know a little upset about it but you know what i'm like hey we got game seven you know you never know what can happen sure. here yeah. so you know we support the team and and support greg millen and then you know here on the bench and we we win the game game seven right Millsy plays good and um we end up winning the game and we go out a uh, second round against St. Louis Blues and Keenan starts me. And I'm like, okay, I'm back in the net. So he doesn't say anything to you. Does he explain anything or no? Oh, no. just you're in the nets, kid. Get out there and, and get her done. Yeah. yeah. And uh so I go out there and you know, play great and uh the series goes to seven games and I play all seven games and we win game seven. Oh. So game seven in Chicago? No. It was in St. Oh. Louis. Yeah, the only reason I ask is like people who haven't been to Chicago Stadium for a game seven or, or for any game really, but yeah. Well. Yeah, so it was in St. Louis. You know what? It's all a blur, but <laughs> game seven, I think it was in St. Louis. And yeah. and then we go to Edmonton for the third round. Okay. And um, he starts me the first game and we lose, I think it was 4-2. And I, I I played average. I didn't play great. Um, Edmonton had a powerhouse that, that year. And um, Jacques Cloutier was the goalie 
that I had uh, uh, taken his place because he had a, a bit of an injury. And so he had uh, healed up from his injury. He came back. And so I played the first game, lost, and then I didn't dress again after that. We lost the series four games to one, and Edmonton went on and won the Stanley Cup. Right. So that was my big chance to show what I could do sure. to, you know, for the Blackhawk organization and Mike Keenan. And the next year, training camp, I, you know, again, I was just in the groove, and those pads were amazing. Had an amazing camp, and Keenan's like, um, you know, you're you're gonna be our guy. And um, one thing leading up to that camp, uh, he had Jimmy Waite and I go to Trechak's. This is when he hired Trechak, was that. Okay. And um, I don't know if he had hired Trechak before that, and he had Trechak come watch me play. Right. And and that was the game that he came to see me play when I you know, put on the clinic and we won 2-1 before the playoffs when he got called. I don't know if he had hired Trechek at that point. He might have. Right. Vladdy, I want you to go watch Ed play. But that summer, he was uh, hired by the Blackhawks where he was already working for them. And Jimmy Waite and I had to go to his camp that summer. In Russia? No, it was it was in uh, Ontario. So oh. Vladdy had uh, goalie schools all across Canada at that time. Okay. And um, so... Jimmy Wade and I are at the camp and, and his drills, there's off ice drills and, and just like, it, it's just hard, hard, hard work. A lot of plyometric stuff and, and tennis ball drills. And, you know, by the end of the week, we were just, you know, totally dead tired. And we, we went to training camp and, um, you know, Jimmy's there, of course. And, and, um, Dominic was there. I don't know why Dominic wasn't at the camp that summer. Maybe he chose not to go but he wasn't there um, at the end of the training camp. And this is what Trechak tells me later. Uh, Keenan came to him and said, Vladdy, who's, who's the number one goalie. And Vladdy says, Eddie. Wow. You didn't know at the time that that happened. You found this later. Oh, okay. No. So uh, Vladdy became, you know, my, my full-time goalie coach. And we became, you know, great friends to this day. We're great right. friends. So thankful for everything he taught me. Um, you know, like uh, you were saying, I played seventy four games of 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 the season, and um, you know, it was just an amazing season, and won, won all those trophies. And I have Vladdy to thank for that for sure, and Mike Keenan. Yeah, of so course. Just the fact, just the fact, that a goalie like that of that stature comes up to you after a game and says, "Good, good job," or "Good game." Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty impressive that he went off Vladdy's recommendation and made you the number one goalie. Yeah, no, I don't know. I always say things happen for a reason. Yeah, yep. and always been um, have a lot of faith, and I've always felt God's always helped me throughout my career and my life, and He's always been in my corner. And you know, I thank God to this day for everything I have, for sure. And I, I believe that He helped me. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Are you a very religious, man? I. I don't go to church all the time. Okay. I do enjoy going to church, um, you know, over Christmas for sure. And, and, uh, I've just always had a close relationship with God. Cool. You know, I talk to God every day and, 
you know, I, I believe that he gives me my most inner strength and I always so thankful for that. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have a sister, Pat. Is she like you? Does she get the fire that you have? Uh, yeah, she, she in her own way. Yeah. Uh, An athlete, um, but, uh, she's very strong willed for sure. There you go. It's a bell right there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to ask Ed about that 1992 team that went to the Cup and ultimately lost to Mario and the Penguins because you had two of the all-time greatest personalities in the NHL in Jeremy Roenick and Chris Chelios. But you also had one of the most underrated players to ever play and someone who Ranger fans are familiar with in Steve Larmer. Can you talk about that 92 Blackhawks team for a bit? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, first off, Chelly is one of my favorite teammates that I've ever played with. Yeah. Uh, so is JR. But Chelly, um, he's a special guy to me. Um, he took me under his wing when I was a rookie, really looked after me, um, taught me a lot about being a professional and then in the game. Um, he's a uh, godfather of my two older kids. Oh, wow. Him and I talk quite often. Um, I just love the guy. His competitive nature is um you know he just loves life he loves people he he can have a lot of fun uh but when it comes time to compete yeah. you know it's it's like all in and that's how that's how i've always been too so like we're like two peas in a pot yeah jr is the same way too hollywood hollywood they call him right yeah so yeah. but we had so much fun together and you know whenever we get back together it's just like we where we left off and you know, it was it was so sad when um, they started dismantling the team, and uh, you know, Jr. left first, and then I left, and then Shelly was there for a while afterwards. Uh, you know, when it went really sour. Um, Ed, what do you mean went went sour there? Well, after they started dismantling the team, they went period where they couldn't win hardly at all. Okay, and and Shelly was still there, and he was you know. He's such a competitor. He was pretty devastated, I think, there for a while. And he was telling me, I think there was like seven, eight thousand fans or only show. Yeah. I mean, how sad is that when yeah. you know when late eighties, early nineties, you couldn't even get a ticket to that. Yeah. Oh, it was a zoo in there too, like twenty thousand people all screaming and really, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you know, Steve Armour, uh, great guy, great 
veteran player. He he was, you know, back then, the veteran guys were just so amazing. They they would just, you know, go out of their way to help the younger players and teach them, you know, the culture of of the Blackhawks. And, and I'm sure that was, you know, with the Rangers too. Yeah. And other, you know, original six teams, I'm sure that um, they just were salt of the earth type guys. Uh, they they loved the organization. They loved the team, fully committed. Um, and, and you remember back in those days, uh, training camp, you usually had four teams. Yeah. And, you know, it was do or die. Like, it, it was all a war in those, you know, scrimmages during training camp you know, three a days, you know, we had, yeah. it was, I remember in the locker rooms before getting on the ice, you could hear a pin drop in the locker. There was no goofing around. Yeah. It was like, it was like gladiators. And, yeah. True. You know, and it didn't matter if you're a veteran or, or a rookie or, you know, drafted free agent or whatever. It was like, whoever was going to, you know, take the bull by the horns and, and, you know, show them they could aim the, they're going to have yeah. a good ability to make team. And those guys like Steve Larmer and Doug Wilson, uh, Dirk Graham. Um, oh, Dirk Graham. I forgot about him. He was hard too. Dirk. Yeah. Brownie, Keith Brown. I mean, those guys were absolutely amazing. Uh, teammates, gentlemen, um, just, you know, they, they, took you under their wing and they taught you the right way uh, about team and and really I'll never forget those guys it alarms uh, you know he's just an amazing player obviously and he's one of those guys you, you could just never tell where he was shooting uh, and, and, and most guys I could tell before they even shot the, you right. know, where it was going but Lars, he had a way of just shifting his body, his, his hands, and, and he would cut the puck, and he would turn his wrists over, and you couldn't always tell where it was going. I know. Yeah, he was good. Well, those guys, too, he wasn't the fastest guy either, but, man, he just always found, found the right spot. Yeah, he was good. Ed, another thing I want to ask you about was in the 90s, every kid playing ball hockey or road hockey or roller hockey was wearing the Ed Belfour mask and the Ed Belfour goal equipment. Did you, uh, did you make a good deal on that? You're still getting paid for that? Because Tom, it was everywhere. I mean, it was everywhere in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, no, that was uh, the Bauer stuff. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I still see it every once in a while when I do a, a, a signing. I'll be uh, sitting there in a liquor store, and, and you'll you'll see it. Yeah, and an older guy now with you know one of these uh, street hockey pads, and he wants to get it signed in uh, great shape still. So it's pretty cool seeing that stuff. I love it. Did you design that? No, no, I didn't. Oh. Um, I love seeing it for sure, and um, I wish I would have got about ten sets of, of the equipment for my my kids and stuff. But uh, so how many years did you spend in Chicago? I was there a total of ten. I signed wow. in eighty seven, and um, I was traded January twenty sixth of ninety seven. You remember that? Day. That is Dave Greer. Is that right? Really? Yeah. yeah. So you felt like that was home. That was your team, right? Yeah. I wanted to be a Blackhawk for my whole career and, right. and win a Stanley Cup there. And we came close in, in 92 and 
we had a really good team, um, you know, pretty much right up until I was traded. We had very competitive team. Um, and I, I just, I just felt like I was always going to be a Blackhawk. I, Keenan brought me up. It was my second year pro. I think it was. He brought me up, called me up when, when I was on the bench, when, uh, Tony Esposito, Bobby Hall, Stan Makita, and Glenn Hall got their jerseys raised into the Raptors. Out there in their their beautiful suits and their, their wives all dressed to the to the tens and uh, they're out there at center ice and I was on the bench in tears I was just in awe and how lucky was I to be be part of that ceremony seeing my heroes get their jerseys you know retired and put in the rafters Chicago Stadium I think Keenan did that on purpose I was just gonna ask you that yeah yeah you yeah. did see that right. Yeah, he wanted me to see that. He knew how uh, how important that was. I think to me, uh, he he knew a little bit about my my history and and how much I loved the Blackhawks, and that you know Tony O and those guys they they were my heroes, and uh, so it, it just when I got traded, it was just it was just devastating, and um, I had hurt my back. Um, a couple of years before that. So I had a lot of problems for two years there. That was the first time I ever missed a game because of an injury. Um, I think it happened in 95 and um, hurt my back, missed about a week. And then I was like, I can't sit out any longer. Someone's going to take my job because that's kind of how it was. You, sure. were, yeah. um, you couldn't sit out and, and, nurse an injury everyone played injured back then yeah yeah and um i i got back in the net way too early and it just i was probably playing at maybe 60 percent 50 and and i remember the doctor you know looking at and my mri and stuff and i was with the trainer and he's like ed you know your career is probably going to be over at the end of the year you know the way your back is and in my mind that was just like mind-boggling I'm like there's no way like, i'll figure this out and um, when I first learned about Pilates and, oh, really? wow. and yoga. So uh, my uh, my manager, my trainer, Buddy Voth, a good friend of mine, uh, we grew up together. And he's like, Ed, I, I started looking into this new thing that's kind of become popular or it's starting to become popular here in Chicago. It's called Pilates. And he, he's like, this this guy, Joseph Pilates, uh, he created this uh, exercise program to to help rehabilitate his own injuries, and I was like, "Okay, please tell me about it, bud." And you know, because we got to get my back back to where it was, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, he knew all about the uh, doctor saying that was going to be the end of my career, and we was like, "You know, that's not going to happen. We're gonna we're gonna figure this out." Cool. So, you know, getting traded uh, had a big do big part. I think to do with the back injury, which I traded for. Um, I think it was there was four or five players, yeah, from San Jose that went to Chicago, and I think one other guy went to San Jose. I think Ulf Ulf Dahlin was one of the main guys. 
Yep, that's right. It was Ulf Dahlen, Michael Zakora, Chris Terreri, and the draft pick. So I, I went there with, you know what? I'm going to go there and, and give 110% and, and do whatever I can to help the Sharks win. And um, I ended up getting hurt. I, my back was already kind of messed up, like I said. And I think it was in my second game. Um, I don't know who it was. Someone fell on my knee and I sprained my MCL. So now I'm playing with a brace and a messed up back. So I didn't play as good as I, as I could, obviously. Um, so they didn't want to pay me the money that we were asking. So July 1 came and that's how I ended up being a Dallas star. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Did you still have the magic pads at that point? No, no, I didn't have my, a couple of different pads by then. I still uh, hung on to the Magic Pads, but they had worn out playing 74 games or whatever it was, my rookie. You know what it's interesting to listen to you talk to? You, I can see you really believe in the power of your mind, right? Like Trechak coming in and telling you that the Magic Pads, I mean, they were pads, right? But in your mind, those were Magic Pads, and I think they really made a difference in your career, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to have that mindset. Um, and And I feel like you got to have that that work ethic to go along with it um you know i always had those things throughout my my youth i didn't i didn't have coaching you know like i never had a goalie coach really i i learned from watching other goalies i had a few pointers here and there um um so th- those were the things that you really had to rely on was your your work ethic your 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 fitness, your your mindset, your your strength, and um, you know over time I kept getting better and better because I had those things and I I always had the mindset that I I wanted to get better and wanted to learn. So when when um, uh, Trechak became my full time uh, goalie coach, um, you know it was just me. It was just like throwing gas on fire and it was just i was so into him and and paid attention to everything he said and he told me little secrets that you know i never thought of before and all his drills were were just designed around you know how to make you better in the game and you know it was competitive so competitive both on and off the ice with with flatty um just relished it and and just obviously it, it brought me to a whole new level what how can you not i mean you're your hall of fame goalie you played with hashik played against patrick wall and brodor i mean people say that trejack is the greatest goalie of all time and you know him what's what's your take on that well he's he's definitely right up there um I, i'm thinking they won what 12 world championships in yeah. a row yeah um you know, the, the 72 Summit Series when he was a, a rookie, he was amazing. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I got to know about Vladdy's, the 72 Summit Series. I mean, yeah. all of Canada, right? I mean. Oh, that was amazing, wasn't it? Watching that series? Yeah. It was meant to be like an exhibition series. There was eight games. So, excuse me, it wasn't really going to be a winner. Uh, they're all something that turned into one of the greatest series ever played, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, the viewership in Canada was insane, right? Oh, yeah. We'd be in school, and they'd, they'd get us out of class, and we'd watch TV in school, watch the games, yeah. Didn't Phil have to give a speech to uh, the nation of Canada and uh, talk them off the ledge, right? Uh, well, the, every, they were losing, and the crowd was booing them and everything. He got up and lectured. Remember that? When he lectured in the whole country, that was cool. 
I'll, I'll never forget that speech. I mean, I don't think any of us Canadians will, because I mean, we're, we're, this was back then. If, if you think about the, the politics that was going on in the world, this, this was like, kind of like war on ice. Yeah. We were supposed, and we were supposed to dominate Russia too, right? Remember that? Yeah. I mean, that was it, right? Like, you know, no one knew any, not very much about the, the Red Army team. They didn't give, you know, at that time they're amateurs, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what no one knew about was, hey, these guys have been playing together since they were five years old. Yeah. Cool. And training together uh, 24-7, yeah. two years five days a year yeah. and Vladdy's told me stories about about you know how they trained and and how they lived together absolutely amazing so when you watch those guys they just knew where each other was on the ice 100 yeah. of the time and a lot of the teams they played against couldn't even get the puck yeah. from that's how good they were so um it definitely was uh, a huge surprise uh, to go down in the series like our, our the best Canadian players of the NHL. I mean, it was like a huge surprise. Like yeah. we, th- uh, the media thought we were going to, you know, just clean them up, you know, pretty easily. Yeah. Obviously not the case. And um, one thing that Buddy, Buddy Voth, uh, he always tells his story much better than I do. But, uh, he tells the story about Bobby Clark and how Bobby Clark is, is you know, the team is getting annihilated by, by the Red Army team and Bobby Clark's boys, don't worry, I'm going to take care of this. And that Dalton breaks Harlem off's ankle. <laughs> that was, that remember, was, remember all the funny things that happened? Remember Parisi went after the referee, Phil fell down on the ice there at the national start of the game. Didn't they have to get Alan Eagleson? They had to pull him out of the stands. I remember all the stuff going on. Well, yeah, because uh, the the guards evidently and and uh, they kidnapped Eagleson there yeah. for a while there. Yeah, and and we weren't going to go on back on the ice until we got Eagleson back. Remember that? That's a whole thing, like coming back in the series. All those things happened. It was like a soap opera. Watching that thing, uh, yeah. I'll never forget too. We had to be. We were in our cafeteria, and they put big teeth in big stands. And had the TVs there in the old schools watching. It was, it was, it was memories come back now. It's pretty cool. For us and for myself as a little kid in the U.S. at the time, our, our big moment is the U.S. Olympic team when they defeated Tretiak and the Russians. As Canadians, you guys got to be watching that thinking, these college kids just beat the Russians. I mean, that's got to blow your mind, right? Yeah, it was the, the fact that, that we just didn't think it was going to happen, right? Couldn't happen like that. So. Yeah. That, that was uh, one of Vladdy's worst... Uh, memories. Uh, to that, to this day, he's still pissed off about it. Oh, is that right? Eh? In period, there was a long slap shot yeah. from, I think, uh, center ice or just yep. center ice, and Vladdy gave out a bit of a bad rebound. Yeah. His defenseman missed the puck, and they end up scoring on that play. Yeah. I don't know, a few seconds left in the period. Yeah. Uh, Tikhanov pulls him out of the out of the game. That's why Tikhanov pulled him was because he gave up the rebound. Yeah, and Vladdy to this day says, if Tikhanov wouldn't have pulled him out of that game, U.S. would have never won yeah. that game. I'm sad. Um, so you you won the cup in Dallas. What year was that? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. And that's against Dominic Oshik, and that's a famous in the crease goal by Brett Hall. 
Uh, was that your last year? When how? When'd you retire? Uh, I retired in 08. Oh, you did? Wow. Sorry, jeez. How many years it, did you do that? Um, I, that was uh, 99 with the Stars. And um, that was um, quite the treat, actually, playing against Dominic. Yeah. Um, you know, we we didn't have an easy route getting to the finals. Um, so we had to go through some really good teams and some really good goalies. So, so for me, it was just like really gratifying because being Patrick. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph, um, Grant Fear, um, those were, you know, guys that were touted the best. Totally. And, and I was, I was touted as a, a good goalie, but not a great goalie and it had some good numbers, but no, a lot of the media always said that Ed Belfour would never win, you know, blah, blah, blah. See, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, that's not the way the players looked at it. Like players that played against you. Like I, in my mind, I thought you were going to win for sure because you're just this competitive guy. Right. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Tom. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so getting to beat those guys and then play Dominic in the finals, because again, the media, and then maybe it's a media thing. I don't know, but the media was never really in my corner, like throughout. Yeah. And um, they always toted Dominic as the best goalie ever to play the game, and this and that, and all that did was motivate me more because Dominic and I started together in Chicago. I had already beaten them out quite often. Sure. And I knew I was better. Right. So playing him in the finals was was the perfect proving ground to show what I could do against Dominic. And I'm sure he was feeling the same way. Sure. The, yep. So it was awesome because it brings out the best yeah. in, in both goalies. It was a great series. Uh, I know there was the controversial goal, but if you watch the, the video replay, it's it was a legal goal because the defenseman back with Brett and he maintained control of the puck. So, and we have yeah. the... <laughs> there you go. There you go. That was some team. Mike Madano, Brett Hull. Uh, Joe Newendike was a second-line center. But someone most of our listeners in New York want to know about was uh, Sergei Zubov. Ed, can you talk about how good Zubov was? Oh, one of, the, if not the most underrated. Yeah. Been like, people don't have any idea how good he is and how smart he is. I mean, just one of those guys, he's, he's, he's three steps ahead all the time. Yeah. He's like a Nick Lidster, right? The same kind of thing, like under control, angles. Except for the fact that he's just firing back cigarettes. Isn't it funny thinking back? Like I tell those stories now about drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and the guys are like, how'd you play? But that was just the culture of it, right? It's like you're a bunch of men uh, living life all out. Like you talked before about Shelly and yourself, live life all out. That was the theory back then. So was- I tell everybody the story when I was a rookie and you know, going to Winnipeg was a big deal for me playing against the Jets and they were- they were still in the league back then. And um, so I grew up about an hour from there. So all my family and friends and teammates, you know, first time in, in Winnipeg, obviously came to, to watch. And um, I remember after the game, you know, nowadays you, you have Powerade and Gatorade and all these <laughs> recovery drinks. And there we are after the game. And there's two cases of... That's blue and a bottle of Crown Royal. There you go. Yeah. Those for our recovery drinks. Oh, oh, there. No, no kidding. Is that true? 
Oh, but you know what? I I really mean people don't believe it, but I don't think it hurt us. I think it helped us. It made us closer all the time. And I know beer is not that great thing for you. I'm not trying to tout you know, drinking beer all the time, but um, yeah. Well, that'd be more liquor though. Bigger liquor. Ed got into That's right. We got to talk about that. The L4 liquors. That's our recovery drink here. <laughs> I mean, actually, there are some studies about beer and and that it is actually a really good recovery uh, oh, drink. Okay. So we were doing the right thing then. It is. It, it, it helps, you know, take away the lactic acid that gets built up during the game. So uh, helps. You know, you know what's the, wasn't that some of the most fun times, especially like you're on the road, you're out with all the guys together and you're having a few beers after a game? Yeah. Well, that was also a period when we could go to the bar yeah. and you know, mingle with the fans and talk to them. And they, they just love talking about the yeah. game and, and they were fun and they weren't taking your photo and trying to put you yeah. on media and look, you'll make you look like an idiot. Yeah. Uh, I did. I really enjoyed those times. Yeah. Um, you know, Chelly had uh, the Chelly's Chili Bar. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd all go there after the games and have some beers and play some pool. And the fans were there. They loved it. I know. And we loved it. Ed, you were in Chicago in the heyday of the Bulls and their dynasty. Did you uh, cross paths with Michael Jordan often? Met Michael quite a few times. Uh, him and Chelly are good friends. Um, yeah, and I got to go see him play a couple times. So uh, great guy. Uh, he was at Chelly's um, Hall of Fame induction. Uh, so him and I were in, in we were at uh, Gretzky's place uh, and had a great party there, a great celebration. And um, so uh, me and Buddy and uh, George, that's uh, that's Michael's uh, manager. We're in the back there and we're eating mini burgers together. So that was pretty cool. And just, you know, talking about good times golf and Chelly, of course, you know. Yeah. So, so you had Chicago, San Jose, Dallas. Was that it? Toronto. Toronto. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Toronto. Yes. Yeah. Spent four years in Toronto. That was my mom's favorite team. So that was pretty cool. And obviously everyone knows the game in Toronto. It was a yeah. place to play. I love playing there. Oh, you did, eh? Some guys don't like it because you're in a fishbowl so much, right? Absolutely love the fishbowl. And yeah. I love how, you know, everyone just is into the game and just, you know, yeah. Every game's like a playoff game there. And that that's the atmosphere that I thrive in. I just loved it. Yeah. That's true. If you're in Toronto the night of a game, especially like a Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada game, the whole city is just, you can feel the buzz in the whole city of yeah. Toronto. Yeah. And, you know, in any original six teams that you play against or obviously Montreal and in, in all that, that is probably the hugest rivalry there is. And I mean, it was just electric. The city was electrified and, I just, I love those days. I miss them. Um, I hated leaving there. Um, it was, it was a sad day for sure. Um, so what happened with Toronto then? Did you get hurt again? Uh, yeah, the back started oh. by in having, um, two back surgeries towards the end of my career. Um, so during the 04 lockout, missed the whole year. I was re almost the whole year. Yeah. Um, a good time for it to to get it fixed but um yeah i didn't want to leave there um ended up leaving there and almost signed with the redwoods oh so close um and um came in did my physical with the red wings and that that was the deal was uh, kenny hall said you come on in and if you can pass your physical um 
we're going to sign you. So I had everything negotiated, everything was ready to go. And uh, came in, did my physical. They said, yeah, looks looks great. Uh, we'll be in touch. So I think two days went by and I'm, Ron Seltzer is my agent. And um, I'm like, Ronnie, like, hey, you know, what's going on? He goes, I don't know, something weird's going on here again. Because um, this had happened to us one time before with the Red Wings. Um, he goes, let me make a couple calls. And so he calls back. He goes, you're not going to believe this, but Dominic Hossack's coming out of retirement. I just was going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's coming out of retirement, and he's going to play again for the Red Wings. And and, and to this day, I, I should ask Dominic, but I'm like, that son of a gun. Did he know? I was going to sign with the Red Wings, and he decided that he didn't want, you know, to let Ed come in there. I bet you he did. Absolutely, yeah. You never know. But anyway, so anyway, didn't sign with the Red Wings, and ended up signing with uh, the Panthers. And that guess who signed me? Mike Keith. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And then as a 41-year-old, his final season, Ed puts up 27 wins for the Panthers. Mike was, yeah. the, you know, and the coach there at the time, and calls me up he goes ed I'm, i want to sign you is your back okay i'm like yeah I'll, i'm i'm i'll be good to go mate he goes okay i want to sign you and sign me to a one-year deal and uh i think it was maybe two or three weeks after he signs me he gets fired oh oh so that was kind of a weird deal i don't know all the details of it but i i heard some rumblings of of things I didn't like hearing, but too late by then. So I uh, became a Florida Panther and I went in there and, you know, with the mindset that I was going to try to help them to do the best they could. And um, I didn't play hardly any games for half the season because of the back injury. And they were trying to play one of the younger goalies, Alex Ald. Oh, yeah. So we weren't doing that great. Uh, for the first half of the year, and then second half of the year, Jacques Martin was the uh, the coach. GM took over from Mike. Um, Jacques came to me. He said, "Ed, um, you ready to play?" I, I'm like, "Jacques, I've been ready to play all season." Like you, yeah. he goes, "Well, I'm going to try and play a lot more second half." So um, played almost most of the games for the second half. I think I played 28 games in a row, which at since I was a rookie, right. At that time, I think I was 42 years old. Wow. But I was still um, in good shape, really good shape. I still had my game. I was still like winning games and doing really well. My record was was um, pretty darn good for a 42-year-old. Um, we came, I think, within one game of making the playoffs. It was close. Yeah. Then that was it for you? That was it. Um Got in trouble at the end of the season there at our year-end party like we all of us have. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we went out and tied one on pretty good, and I got in trouble. Uh, Nikki Beach is a place, I guess, where a lot of people like to go in Miami, and that's where our party was. Um, ended up having too much fun. Uh, we had a, a, a private party upstairs in, in a really cool bar made the mistake of going downstairs to check the rest of the bar out and was not allowed to go back upstairs and got thrown out of the bar. Me and, me and a couple of my teammates got in trouble. Anyway, that 
didn't go over very well with Jacques, and uh, he decided he didn't want to resign. Okay. And did you try to go someplace else? You know, I think we waited until August, and I, I, I definitely wanted to get back, you know, play in the NHL, and I was playing really well. The back was doing good. And uh, Ron Seltzer, he calls me up. He goes, Ed, um, I got nothing going on right now, but, you know, if we be patient, I guarantee you something's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. And I'm like, well, do you have anything? And he goes, well, I, I did get a call from a team from Sweden. And I said, well, okay, well, just tell me about it. He goes, it's a famous team called Lexan Stars. And um, he goes, they're really interested in, in signing you for some pretty good money and they're in the second division right now and they're trying to get back up to the first division and he explained how that all worked i didn't know how that works but so um i said hey you know tell me more about the the area the league this and that so it intrigued me and i looked up the team and the, the team and they're a very famous team and nice small city and uh, no calls were coming in from from any of the teams, and I'm like, "Hey, Roddy, you know what? Let, let's take a closer look at this." And ended up signing with the Lexan Stars. Huh. And wouldn't you know it? The day after I signed with the Lexan Stars, guess who I get called? Mike Mike Keenan or Don McCassick? Hello, Daryl Sutter. Oh who was my, my coach in the minors, and he was also my coach in, in Chicago after Mike had left. Right. Uh, Daryl was a big advocate of, of my career, and, and when I was a rookie, very you know supportive of me, really helped me throughout my career, and uh, always in my corner. And he was with Calgary at that time. And he goes, Ed, I want to sign you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe this is happening. I'm like, could you have just called me like... Two days. <laughs> Yeah, because I had promised uh, the Lexan organization because I think they knew that there was a chance that yeah. you know NHL team might call and I because they announced that they signed me and they were bringing me in for the big signing and all this That's stuff. That Ed, I, we're going to sign you, but can you promise that you won't you know back out of this deal last minute here or you know leave the team? And I said, okay, I, I promise. And then I get the call from, from Daryl. I said to Daryl, I said, listen, you know, I would love to come play for you. And, but I've already gave my word that I wouldn't back out of this deal in Lexan Stars. And he understood and he knows my character. So uh, off I went to Sweden. And oh my gosh, what a great experience. Great, great hockey. One. People just loved it, made great friends over there. And um, I stay in touch with those folks, you know, to this day. You'll probably communicate every few weeks. Uh, cool. And um, they have a different system over there where they have breaks. And um, so they have a Christmas break where they're off for about a month. But the U.S., um, and my, my son was born at that time well, when I was back. I came back for that and for Christmas. And I get a call from the Boston Bruins. So 
I had a second opportunity to go back to the NHL and I same story. I I, I said I I'm sorry, I gave my word already. It's pretty classy about you to do that. No, you know, yeah. And then three years later to cap it all off, Tom, Ed's inducted into the hockey hall of fame, the the real hall of fame. I'm in two Hall of Fames, Northern Michigan Hall of Fame and the uh Brampton, Ontario Hall of Fame, yeah. No, no, but he's in the real Hall of Fame. <laughs> How was that, Ed? Uh, are you pretty comfortable getting up and speaking like that? Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, something that, you know, over the years, you, when you first start doing it, you're terrible, right? And yeah. same with, with the interviews, you're always terrible. But as the years go by, you get yeah. a better at it. Um, I'm not a speech guy where, you know, you got a written out speech and this and that. I've never been good at doing that. Always been better just getting up and talking. Sure. Speaking from the heart. Yeah, that's. I think that's the best way to do it. Ed, who'd you have introduce you at your Hall of Fame induction? Yeah, so uh, Pat Quinn. Pat was a big part of, of the Hall of Fame back then. And Pat was my coach in Toronto, one of my favorite time coaches and just love the man miss him um he was like a big another big brother to me uh so i none of us knew that he was sick that was a sad thing to vote after that when he passed away um and i I, and i think that's maybe one of the reasons why they had changed things up there in toronto and and brought in because Pat was doing the GM role and the coaching role yeah. and doing a fabulous job of it. Like we were so close um, those years that, that I was there. Uh, we ran into a really good team both times losing to Philadelphia. Um, they had a really good squad back then. We ran into just a, a better team. And we had a couple of injuries that were, were hurting us. Matt Sundy was, was hurting he was our horse, but uh, Pat Quinn was was such a amazing coach, amazing person. Uh, like I said, huge for, for right. time in Toronto and and for the Hall of Fame. And so Ed, now you get your liquor company going. What's it called? Belfour Liquor. Of course, spirits. Good. Can people order that online? Yes. Yeah. Belfourspirits.com. And you'll see our bourbon and rye whiskey on there. That's what you have, bourbon and rye whiskey? Yeah, we have both. Yeah. Got, a tequila, got a tequila yet? Nope, no tequila, just uh, bourbon and rye whiskey. And where's it made, right there in Dallas? Nope, we uh, we actually have uh, contracted out of uh, North Carolina, but we're getting ready to build our own distillery. Huh. Um, we'll be doing all of the production ourselves. That's uh, That's always been our goal. Uh, but it's not an easy one to achieve. Uh, you know, finding the right location and uh, you know, putting together the plans for a distillery. There's a lot that goes into it. Right. And your children are in that with you? Yes, they started. Uh, we started this nine years ago. Oh, okay. Um, Ain and Reagan uh, really, you know, helped me a lot getting this going. Um, up until this year, they've been with the organization. And they've decided to to move on and do some other things. Okay. So uh, that's okay. I'm very thankful for what they've done for Belfort and, and help getting it going. And 
they've been uh, you know very integral part of of building the brand and you know helping create the the amazing flavor profiles that we do have. We've won double golds with our products and wow, very cool. Yeah, you just do it, you do it right all the time, don't you? You go all out. Yeah, yeah, just like hockey career. I from the time I'm, I wake up in the morning until I go to sleep at night. Yeah, I do all day long. You can see in the background here with some of our our products. This is my favorite one. You can see. Oh, nice. You see the top? Stanley Cup. Uh, there you go. Because we can't, but we call it the Belfort Chalice Cup. So uh, um, it's uh, it's very dear to my heart because this represents the first 12 barrels of whiskey that we produced. Dane huh? made these himself. The, the, the whiskey inside uh, this bottle is uh, rye whiskey. And um, he made the first 12 barrels himself. He did an internship at uh, Woody Creek Distillery in Basalt, Colorado. And um, I researched the mash bill uh, for the rye whiskey, those barrels. He called me. He goes, Dad, oh, my gosh, uh, the whiskey, the white dog. So when it comes off the still, it's it's white in color. He goes, the white dog is amazing. It's so floral. It's just so easy to drink. And it was like um, right around 120 proof um, is what we put it in the barrel at. He's sipping on the white dog and he's, I could, you know, he was had tears in his eyes. He was crying. He was just so proud and so excited about it. And and I was too. I, I wish I would have joined him with that white dog, but that's cool. Not amazing for us. Um, our Texas, uh, Pecan finished bourbon has, is our best seller. It's done amazing for us. Um, and we've won awards with every one of our products. So That's true. Very cool. Very cool. Ed, I got to tell you, and I mean, this is a total compliment to you. I can, we never really knew each other. We met in Dallas three months ago. But you know, I, these, you kind of judge people right, from a distance. You know, there's this crazy guy who got in trouble off the ice a couple of times. You know, he's always like starting scraps on the ice. Like you really impressed me with your preparation, how you viewed the game when you played. The desire, the desire to go to Chicago, even though you didn't look at the other goalies there, you just wanted to go to Chicago. That was your team, and even to stay in junior, and then, then finally go to North Dakota. Because you want to play on that team as well. So you've really impressed me, and I'm really glad we got to do the show. So thank you very much. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, Tom. It's been a real pleasure, and I always love talking about hockey and old, yeah. and and uh, of course, you know the the bourbon and the rye whiskey is is new passion. Yeah, you know part of what we do. Um, I've always, like all of us, Tom, we, we've always given back to our communities, yeah. Yeah. uh, charities we've always been involved with, um, you know, on my mask, I always had the make-a-wish bone on the, on the chin of my mask, um, always supported the make-a-wish kids, had parties for them, always had tickets for them at the games. Yeah. And that's a big part of what Belfort Spirits does too, is we give back to charities and we always will. Uh, one of the things I love about one of my heroes, uh, Paul Newman. Uh, Newman owned uh, him and his daughters created um, yeah. all those brands. Yeah. And today, I think they've given back um, over six hundred million dollars to charity. Wow. I didn't know that much. And my goals is for Belfour Spirits to give back like that. Very cool. Excellent. Again, Belfour Spirits. You can order that online, anybody? BelfourSpirits.com. And I had one question before we let you go. Where is the ring? Oh, it's in the safe. I, I, I honestly, I don't wear any of my rings. Uh, you know, Canada Cup, uh, 
gold medal. Oh, he's just flexing now, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Flexing on you. <laughs> I don't wear them because I'm so afraid of losing them. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's... Uh, it's been a it's been a, an amazing journey, I will say, and I've been so blessed and so thankful to be part of such a a, a great uh, fraternity yeah. like yourself, Tom, and and you know when we get together and, and start talking about the old times, it, yeah. it's it's just awesome. It is fun, is it? Yeah, great to have you on the show again. You really impressed me. Have we got to know you over this last hour, or more than an hour? Very impressive man. Good job, buddy. What you thank you, Ed. Thanks, guys. Tom, every single kid in the 90s, whether it was ball hockey or roller hockey, playing out in front of their house, every kid who jumped in goal had Eddie Belfour equipment. They had that mask, that iconic mask, and they had that equipment. I don't know. He he said he didn't do so great, but he must have done all right because that deal... That equipment was everywhere. I told him this on the show too. It's amazing because you watch a guy from a distance. You really don't know him. You know, he's got trouble off the ice a couple of times and he's wild man on the ice. He's a pretty thoughtful guy. Like really. Yep. Thoughtful, determined. He has strong faith. And, and like you, he doesn't like taking no for an answer. Yeah. He talks about it on the show, but his decision to go to Chicago, I want people to listen to that. That was pretty cool because a lot of players only want to go someplace where it's going to be easy to play. Yeah. He mentioned he had this real strong determination. Yeah. He went undrafted wins the national championship in college and goes on to this amazing Hall of Fame career. What a career. Think about that. Undrafted. He, and talking about how he waited to go to college because he wanted to wait for a better time, so he just played three more years junior. I don't think I've heard any other kids say that. What stood out for me was that Mike Keenan, and whatever you think about Mike Keenan, he left it up to arguably the greatest goalie in the history of hockey, Vladislav Tretiak. He said, you tell me who the starter is. And Belfort gets picked and he goes on to have this career. And his backup was Dominic Hasek. And then their careers are intertwined throughout, which is pretty amazing. Even the story about Detroit, uh, hey, Hasek came out of retirement. I bet you he did it on purpose. He didn't want Belfort on there. And Hasek eventually got his cup there as well. Yeah, that's a good show. He's a, like, he's a really uh, thoughtful person. I had not met him before. He just had that opinion of him from the distance. He's pretty cool. Yeah, what a career thing like that, right? Not drafted. Rookie of the Year. Vezina. Stanley Cup. Canada Cups. National Championship in College, Hall of Fame career, 484 wins. Incredible. Cool. It's cool. And if you like that episode with Eddie the Eagle Belfour, and if you like Full Change in general, please leave us a comment, like it, share the podcast, tell your friends, tell all your friends, leave a review on Apple. There's been some great reviews on Apple, so thanks for that. And uh, spread the word around. And if you'd like Tom to come to your event and speak or perhaps pull a cow out of another cow, hit us up at fullchangepodcast at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Grasshoppers, thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.